Hello and welcome to Conversations at the Well. I'm Kim. I'm Caroline. We're glad to have you joining our conversation today. It is a chilly day in February here in Texas when we are recording this. But so. it's finally February. We're out of January of 2021. And I don't know about you, but I am happy to be started into the new year um, and get that schedule underneath my feet and um, just kind of had a better grasp on what's going on this year and all the things that we're learning and talking about. Today in the podcast, we just kind of wanted to talk over the topic of living within your means, how COVID has changed our perspectives on stewardship, how in this past year with events and life not looking as it ever has before, how that has just been an opportunity for God to speak to us and change our hearts on the subject. So this all kind of came about as I was having some conversations with my dad and um, just family members and friends talking about how it's crazy that our perspectives have been changed so much about travel specifically in COVID and how we'd kind of had this mindset that we needed to be traveling somewhere every time there was an availability to that we needed to be taking these extravagant trips that were going to be these great experiences, almost trying to, you know, max out that high that we would get from traveling and um, all of these just luxurious activities. And with COVID taking away so many opportunities to travel, so many trips that we'd already planned to go on, you know, we haven't been able to go to Cuba We had planned to go on a trip to Germany and COVID just took all of that away. And while I think it was disappointing, it was almost a sigh of relief to be able to slow down. COVID has changed a lot of people's perspectives on how they view money. Um, I think for us and our family that it's almost, you know, made us reevaluate where do we spend this money that we have? Where where do we spend this time that we have? Where do we spend our physical resources that we have? And are we using that time, money, and physical energy for God? Or are we not? Is the majority of it being spent on us and our own escapades that we might want to go into, whether they be good for the kingdom or not? Is that on our agenda or is it on God's? So that was kind of the topic that I had on my heart to talk about this week. And I'd love to know what in the past year or just even in the past week, God's been speaking to you and telling you, mom. Yeah, I I don't guess I've ever stopped really to put it all together, what God has been doing. But that's certainly true that he has been working in our family's life. And I have seen it. I don't want to say drastic, but kind of drastically in your dad's perspective and your dad's point um, of view, how he's thought about things. Your, your dad is a person that likes to go, 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 and he loves experiences. And I know we've talked a little bit about the Enneagram and we're going to, we're just going to interweave a little when it comes. He's a seven and seven, a big seven. A big, um, he's like the poster child for seven. And he lives for experiences. He just loves to experience life, which is one of the things that's so attracted to me, to him, 
in the beginning was just this gusto of excitement about every little thing. And I remember early on in our marriage that he would, we'd be on a vacation and he would be already planning the next one (laughs) and be so just depressed on the way home from the vacation because he had to go back to everyday life and there wasn't something, you know, next. So when, yeah, when COVID hit and the world shut down, I thought he was going to really have a hard time. And he did for a little bit, but the Lord has really gotten a hold of not just his heart, but his mind and really put things into perspective. And we are in a different season of life just he and I are um, with our kids being grown and all in college and getting out of college and our priorities. And we decided to put our house on the market in September. And that was kind of a surprise and it sold immediately. And it meant that we had to (laughs) figure out where we were going to go. And we downsized in square footage drastically, downsized in payment drastically. And in the aftermath of that now that we've been here in this situation a few months I think he has realized the freedom the mental freedom the emotional freedom of living within your means living within your means yes of not having to worry about what has to be sacrificed for whatever to happen to say that we can have the end of the month and come to the end of the month and have money really left over which we were never living truly outrageously beyond our means, but we, but there was always stress. There was always worry. And I felt that worry and, and, and felt that worry too. You know, I mean, I cannot tell you, Caroline saw it, but I cannot tell you how much junk we literally threw away out of that house because every move that we had before this one, we bought something bigger. And so we just, you just moved all your stuff into that space and then we would fill that space. And then we moved to something bigger. It was the first time that we really stopped and said, no, we're going to go to something smaller. So look at what we have. And I think both of us were shocked and a bit disappointed in ourselves at how we had been such bad stewards, really bad stewards and not intentionally just over the years, all of that, that had accumulated and all of it that had just, piled up and the mental and emotional and spiritual weight of that was heavier than I think we realized because when it was gone, whew, it, there, there was such freedom in that. And I don't know, Caroline, have you ever experienced that? I get that, but I kind of get that after just cleaning out my closet every season. You know, I'm the type of person who I'm so quick to throw things away. I will literally just do a purge every, I don't know, couple of months and just throw things away and all of that stuff. But I have tried to become very uh, wise with where I spend money, how I'm, if I'm spending money on things that are quality that I'm going to use for a long time, if I'm spending money on things that are blessing other people, if I'm spending money on things that are long lasting. But I do wonder, you know, how this would translate into where giving is concerned, where tithing is concerned, being a part of like a church body. And in that way, I know there has been a lot of controversy over, you know, largest churches kind of telling you where you should give your money, how you should spend your money. And potentially, I don't know, overstepping 
into like where the church should be telling you when and where to spend your money. I know the Bible talks about tithing and talks about uh, generosity, stewardship of what you've been given and blessed with. But do you know of any, like where specifically it would say that in scripture or teachings or something like that? Well, I'd have to look it up. And you know what? I will look it up afterwards and we'll put the scripture in the show in the show notes. But the Bible is specific about one of the disciplines as a believer is that we are to tithe. And the Bible specifically says in several instances that we are to give of the first fruits. And what that means is you give to God first, not whatever's left over. Tell and that story I, that you told me yeah, about, about taking it off the top. Right. Um, when we, when I, we were first married and my husband who is a doctor, but he was early on in his practice. And so we were not, he certainly didn't make the kind of income that he is now. Um, and we, so, and we were not great stewards really of, of, of using our money wisely. We weren't living on a budget or anything like that, but we knew that it was important and that scripture said that we were to for every paycheck, when I would sit down and, and write the bills, pay the bills, sorry, when I would write the checks, yes, that's how old I am. When we would actually physically write the checks, I would write the checks that that we were to give. And, and we decided, because it was, again, I will find the scripture, but it specifically says a tenth, you know, to give a tenth of what you get to the Lord. And I don't think that that's a magic number. I think that that whatever you have to give, you should give, but it's to be of the, of the first fruits. So we committed that we would do that. Even when we knew we were spending more than our means in some months, but when we committed to do that, I would look at whatever his paycheck was. I would take 10% of that. And I would write that check to our local church. And that was the first one that went. And then I would pay the rest of the bills that needed to be paid for that month. And it was many, many, many times that when I would go to pay the last bill, we had exactly enough in our checking account to pay that bill. No more, no less. It was like to the penny. And it just showed me God's faithfulness. That if we are obedient to follow his word and follow his, his calling on us, he is obedient to provide. Yeah. And, and, it, and listen, it needs to be that way. It's not, let me pay all the bills first and then whatever's left over, I'll give to, to God. It's that we are to give of the first fruits because what that requires is faith. And that's what God is looking for out of us. He doesn't care about what the number is. He doesn't care about the amount that I know. What he's doing is he is saying, He's testing our faithfulness. Do we trust him that if we give the first bit to him, he will be able to provide for the rest of it? Yeah. So that I've lived that, I've lived that truth out um, in my in my life. I don't I haven't read the or been, you know, exposed to any of what you're talking about, a lot of talk in the church or whatever about should a church be dictating where money goes. Um, but I would say my first reaction to that is 
not specifically, I mean, a, a church might have some kind of a giving campaign. So they're asking you to give. And if you choose to give at that point to that specific thing, I think that's what God calls on someone's heart to give. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're called to give to the church. And I think that's kind of an individual, um, decision would be an individual's decision, not the church's decision to single out certain people and say, well, you need to give to this specifically. Right. I don't really know enough about the topic that you're giving to really um, comment on it, I would say, from a researched, educated view. But stewardship goes back to self-discipline. Yeah. And, we, you know, we're talking about, when you said you want to talk about this today, I was like, it, it does go back to that idea of self-discipline. It takes Doesn't self- so much go back to the idea of self-discipline, self-control, that fruit of the spirit. Well, yes, it, um, that it tithing is what they call one of the spiritual disciplines in the church. It is a discipline because with, you know, we, we will serve ourselves first. In fact, I, I saw this quote today. It has to do with a book, but the principle is the same at the end of it. It says reading is a discipline and all disciplines require self-discipline. And self-discipline is is the thing our sinful flesh will resist. And I believe that's why there is so much emphasis put on it in God's word, especially if you look at the New Testament and Paul's writings. Paul writes a lot about discipline and and fighting against the flesh and there's a couple of scriptures that i that i looked up in first timothy 4 7 and 8 paul is speaking to his kind of little brother in the faith and he, and in first and second timothy paul knows he's literally in prison and he knows this is probably going to be the end and so it's going to be timothy to leave to carry on the legacy of what I've been pouring into him as one of my disciples. And so he says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, rather train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. In 2 Timothy 1.7, he says, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but a, but of power and love and discipline. So, you know, all through scripture, we're called to discipline ourselves and tithing is a discipline. Yeah. Because my flesh would tell me to spend what money God or gifts God has, or anything that I have, my flesh cries out for me to use that for self gain, whether that's, to go buy something for myself, to get the accolades of my gifts or my talents that somebody sees for myself, to use those things to earn money for myself rather than to use those things selflessly for the kingdom of God. We really have to be conscious and battle against that. Even to say, and I think this is a more subtle way, even to say, if I'm going to go out there and do good things, who am I really doing it for? Yeah. Am I going out and doing the work of the church because I think it makes me look good in the eyes of men? 
Am, am I even doing it because I have this false belief that my relationship with God is transactional and therefore if I go do these good things, he'll be pleased with me. If I go do these good things in his name for him, I will get his blessings. Hmm. So we have to always be looking at what are we doing and why are we doing it? And is what I'm doing exhibiting that I'm going after this for the flesh or am I denying the flesh in my service, in my spending, in my whatever, and instead giving it to the Lord? That's what stewardship is about. You know, he's given us these things are, and he's given us not everything to use. I mean, for God, I mean, look at me, I'm sitting here, you're sitting there, you know, we're, we're paying for the four walls that you live in. We're paying for everything, our clothing, you know, our hair. I'm not saying that we have to go to the extremes. God gives us things. And I don't know. And obviously everything does not have to be spent directly for the church's work. But if he said, that's what I want you to do with it, would be, would we be willing to? Yeah. There's another, um, scripture I wanted to read too, because this goes to, this goes to the, um, to what I was saying earlier about when we sold the house and we had all of that stuff and we just felt that burden to it. There's a couple of, of scriptures. Paul says in first Corinthians, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. And I've never seen that translation of that before. Um, that I, I discipline my body and make it my slave. And that immediately I was like, okay, because I know the scripture, we are slaves to sin. Right. So I did a little Bible research in that. And I dug in that and came to Romans six, where Paul says, do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, who were once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching of which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. Hmm. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity, and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Hmm. And, and that's what developing that fruit of the spirit of self-discipline is. We are exchanging our slaveship to sin in my life, and that's the flesh. Or I can be a slave to righteousness. Right. I am under the authority. I'm a slave to the authority of God over me. Well, I would much rather be a slave to righteousness than to sinfulness. Uh, and so that, you know, that freedom that is felt is that freedom because we are freed from that slavery of sin, living the way God would have us live. And what I know that, that means. Yes. And I know that there's a lot of people who would like to want, they want to quantify that now. So how much does that mean? And just like, I don't think we need to be legalistic about you must tithe 10% of your income. 
if you're not tithing at all, it's a good place to start. If you're not viewing the things, whether that be gifts, whether that be money or, or the blessings that you've been given in your life as if they are already God's to have, should he, should he call you to give them? That's also a good place to start in your mindset, working out that thought process. I'm thinking of our friends in Cuba, our ministry, um, partners who are over there now and um the mercy ministry mm. that's been started over there yep covid has hit everyone there's not a place in this world that covid has not had an impact Destroyed. but in cuba it's had a serious serious impact on food food shortage and so one of the well ministry leaders there in fact she's the head Um, of the Cuban ministry, had it laid upon her heart in the midst of not really having enough to feed for her own, her own family and having to go out every day and search for just enough. She had it laid on her heart that there's people who couldn't even get just enough. And that while she could not help everyone, she could help the ones that she could help and she could ask others to help. And so they have started out of COVID this beautiful ministry. They're calling it the mercy ministry. And we're going to have some social media post on our well social media that tells a little bit more about the stories and even coming up some of the um, testimonies of these ladies. And it's not just, um, well, it's very specific. It's very specific in how God is is doing it. But you've got women in these churches who barely have enough for themselves, but they're finding out a need and they're giving of that. Yep. And not worrying about their own need and how is God going to provide, but using what little they have to be the hands and feet of Jesus to provide for someone else who has less. And I think that's where we need to look. You know, if I've got eight blankets in my house and I've only got four beds, why do I have eight blankets? Could those four blankets be used somewhere else? Probably so. And I need to be asking God, where is that? Because the four provide for me and my family. So why do I think I need double what I've been given? Hmm. It's very likely that that could be used somewhere else in his kingdom. And you're right. You know, I, I said I feel so good about purging my closet after every, every season, but that means I probably am buying too much within the season. Yep. You know, if I, if, if I don't need that and I can easily get rid of it, maybe I need to be doing what you're doing. And that is really being, being saying on the intake side, do I really need that? Yeah. And if I have it, then I better keep it and use it up to its fullest extent before I think I need to replace it and just yes. throw it out and replace it with something else. So thank you for that reminder to me, Caroline, of it's good if I, you know, am living, you know, I am purging and I'm not just collecting and collecting and collecting, but I think I need to, I need to reevaluate my motive in, in needing to purge my closet every season. And I think there can be purpose behind buying things that are of quality, even just things that are ethically made. You know what I mean? Things that are good quality, that are ethically made where I say, I am um, paying this money to support this thing that I want or need 
but I'm making sure it's going to a good cause that's ethical. I'm making sure that it's something that is of quality that I'm, that's, I'm going to be using, that's going to be, um, holding a purpose in my closet, in my room, in my life. Yeah. And I think that's important. That's the way that God calls us to live. As yeah. Christians. Yes. And that's what it looks like to live within your means to be a good steward. Yes. Yeah. You're right. It's really looking at this is what God has given me. So let me look at all angles of it and say, how do I use this best in yes in my in my life for his kingdom purpose? Because that you know, everything is his. He's given he's given it to us for a reason, and that's not just to provide comfort for us. If it does provide comfort for us, I think that is one of the reasons that he would give it to us. But but there can be multiple reasons why he wants to allow us to have, let's face it, the abundance that the vast majority of us living in America. Well, the fact of the matter is, is if you're listening to this podcast, you are abundantly blessed because you own some kind of device that a large percentage of this world does not have enough money to even purchase. Hmm. You know, if you're watching this, you're, you've, you've got exposure to a screen and you probably own that screen, which puts you in a very elite group of people in this world in terms of the income that you have. We measure our whatever over an inflated sense of value. <laughs> you know, we're in this bubble in, in most of the Western world and in a lot of Europe too, where we may think we've got so little, but man, compared to a great percentage of the world, we're millionaires. Yeah. And we need to be aware of that. Everybody does, but especially if we are following after Christ, if we're Christians and we're following after him, then that is a part of this walk. And, and we need to make sure that we're, that we're good stewards, stewards. And like you said, not just of our things, but of our time and of our talents, um, not just of the monetary gifts and blessings that we might have been given. I know we mentioned our mercy ministry. We mentioned the well. If this is the first time you're listening to this, we'd encourage you to go listen to others where you can find out more information on the well. We also have all of our socials linked below where you can find out more about us. Um, we'd encourage you if you have any questions or would just like to get in contact, have a conversation with us that uh, you reach out to the contacts below. We really do want to get to know you and um, get connected with you and help you to be more connected with God and using those talents, like we said, for his kingdom. Uh, you know, this is a podcast. And um, I listen to podcasts, Caroline does too. And I just so happened to be listening this morning to Sadie Roberts. Sadie Roberts and Huff. Yeah, thank you. Her, um, her podcast and this particular one, she had um, Taryn Wells mm-hmm. on. And they were talking about this thing, about being fruitful and what that looks like and how being stewards of what God has given us and how we use, how and why we use our gifts in the way that we do. So I'd like, we'll link to that episode of that podcast also, because if you want to hear 
more really good, insightful, grounded in the word, in the scripture um, discussion about that, it's well worth listening to, as I think all of her episodes are. Um, and, and the way in which, you know, with the guests that she has on. So we'll link to that as well. So enjoy that in the meantime. And thanks for joining us. And we will see you next week on our conversation at the well. Say for Jesus.